Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Figure Podcast. Each week we figure out people, numbers and images of the past, present and future. And this week it is officially Christmas on our podcast. So joining us, a million Hugo. Hey everyone. <laughs> I told you it's the awkward pause. Um, Shah? I'm, okay, I'm going to ask you a question. What, when does it become officially Christmas? Now. Today. Because of this podcast. The figure podcast decides. As of this moment. Isn't it officially Christmas on the 1st of December? No. That's the first day you open your advent I think, calendar. Well, though. true, but people. It was all, Which busy. means that you've purchased something before the 1st yeah, of true. December. That is for, me, for me, it's after Thanksgiving. So do you think it's before? No, I think the 1st of December is probably. Before. Yeah. It's legitimate to start listening to Christmas music post 1st of December, I would say. Yeah. And listening to Christmas music is largely what signifies Christmas starting. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. Thank you. But have you, <laughs> but have, have you felt festive thus far? No. I actually haven't. Not until this evening. So maybe this is the official start of Christmas. I think it is. Seriously, this podcast is the official start of Christmas. I don't know if it's because it's 2018 and the kind of environment that we are in generally but I feel like this Christmas is definitely less excess than usual or maybe it's because it's my age I don't know I feel like like my mum off some they're all like let's let's have it low-key this year like let's not let's not go too crazy with but also they're more aware of the environmental impact of things like Christmas and the amount because it is also the waste it's really really wasteful things yeah like crackers (laughs) Yeah, I know. When I was buying them early, I was like, what am I doing? So decadent. (laughs) Rather fittingly, the first figure for this week's episode is Santa Claus, also known as St Nicholas, St Nick, Father Christmas, Black Peter, Kris Kringle, Père Noël, Le Bafana, Sinterklaus, or simply Santa. Can you name all nine reindeer of Santa's? (laughs) Dancer, Prancer, Vixen... Rudolph. Okay, that's Donna. quite good. Donna. Donna. Yeah, Vixen. We've had that one. I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, you're missing uh, one that rhymes with Vixen and Blitz. then two Blitzen. more. Blitzen. Yeah. And two wrong. more. Dasher! You've already had that. Prancer. You've already had that. They both begin with C. This is now just going to be five minutes of us saying the names. <laughs> <laughs> For catcher, if you're Italian. Okay, no, I'm going to stop this now. Comet and Cupid. Well done, that was quite good. You've got quite a few. (laughs) So apparently, I read about this, apparently St Nicholas was actually basically part of the Roman Empire and early forms of Christianity is how the tradition of St Nicholas came about. We still have St Nicholas Day on the 6th of December where you put your shoes out by the door and then St Nicholas puts things in your shoes. Yeah, it's a huge one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually my favourite Christmas tradition. Sometimes I find souls and stuff in my shoes. So Father Christmas was based on a Christian bishop living in what is now Turkey in the yeah, 4th Turkey. century AD. Yeah, yeah. He inherited a lot of wealth and was known for giving it away to help the needy. And mm. when he was sainted, he became the protector of children. Yeah. But apparently it wasn't until the mid-1800s it had become about giving... And then another thing I found out is that because Christmas has actually got pagan roots mm. in... 1659 to 1681, it was illegal to celebrate Christmas in Boston. Massachusetts? Yeah. Can you imagine it being illegal to celebrate Christmas? It was illegal in the UK yeah. at one point. Yeah. And, and during the Revolution. I'm the first, but it might not have been. Or Oliver Cromwell. Question. Um, when did you realise that Santa wasn't real? I knew you were going to ask this, and I think it's a really mean thing to ask, because what if we've got children who are listening 
or you know, like a 23 year old sat next to you. <laughs> Shatter the illusion, Georgia. Yeah, but you're youngest of six. Okay, so clearly your siblings knew before you. I've got a good story for me. Whereas I'm the oldest, you're the oldest, you're the oldest. I found a Woolworths receipt and it had everything that I got in my stocking on the Woolworths receipt. <laughs> and I was heartbroken because I knew Father <laughs> Christmas couldn't go to Woolworths. Actually, it reminds me that I found a price tag on one of my stocking gifts and I was like, wow, either Father Christmas <laughs> is very into like elf consumerism or WH Smiths have outsourced this year. <laughs> How are you, Millie? I, I don't remember. There's not a significant moment oh. when I knew that Santa wasn't real. Do you think it's a good thing that we have this sort of figure of Father Christmas well, or I the tree? I wouldn't say necessarily it's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I think it brings joy and happiness to children. Yeah. And that's probably good yeah. um, on I balance. I think it's so lovely that they use their imagination. Yeah. I think it's just so cute. Like my, so my five-year-old godson last night was adorable. And he was just like, I met the real Father Christmas. And his mum had said to him, you know, it might not be the real one. And then he got there and he was like, it was the real one. And it was so cute. Mm. And I think it's really mean if you don't give children that. Although the, no. the shattered dream is, is hard to deal with sometimes. But I mean, isn't growing mm. up just a series of different shattered dreams anyway? Yeah, I remember going to meet Father Christmas when I was younger and telling him that I was going to be in Australia for Christmas. And he said, oh, I'm going to, you know, bring an extra reindeer. And I was like, well, oh, that be cool. that's so nice. <laughs> Spend the next ten minutes guessing. <laughs> there is also something bizarre about it, though. Like, nothing, nothing says Christmas quite like a cobbled together grotto in a cheap garden centre or something. Like, oh, I, like, I like how the grotto has been made from bin bags this year. <laughs> well, apparently Christmas is actually not the 25th of December. Apparently it was, like, the winter solstice solstice which is like the yeah, like shortest day celebration of yeah. the year and that's where christmas actually apparently came from. jesus was actually born in spring yeah. yeah in line with when the census was yeah yeah mm. catholic school yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but in catholic school did they teach you that jesus wasn't actually born on christmas day they're pretty keen on stressing that christmas day is the birth of jesus and the immaculate conception that was also very much stressed yeah. At my school too. Yeah, yeah, that's another big one. What yeah. did you guys used to play in the nativity? I was Joseph. Oh, no way! Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> you guys, I was the innkeeper's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be Gabriel, which was. Which that's was a big part. Yeah. Breaking just... those gender stereotypes <laughs> from a young age. Alright, so I, I was Joseph. But uh, I didn't have any lines or anything, so I just sat there with Mary, stage with Mary for the entire thing. Yeah. And apparently was very bored, and <laughs> um, so I had a tissue in my pocket that I then wouldn't stop playing with. So it got quite distracting for everyone. Uh, and I was picking my nose, having a wow. whale of a time. If it filmed, was somebody video camera? I don't think it was filmed. It might have been before. Um, I really love those wobbling VHS videos. I've got a VHS of mine. Because it was called Fishing for Stars. My good friend Daniel was uh, seaweed. And my friend Olivia was <laughs> the water. So it's basically this whole... The, oh, the wow, whole premise was... of the story was this big star. And he was searching for where he needed to go to find the stable. Searching, you know, the seas, the, the mountains, whatever. Can you imagine being a parent <laughs> and it's coming up to Christmas and your child's at school... And they come home and they tell you that in their nativity, they're playing seaweed. Do you think, do you think it's better to be playing an octopus like the people in Love Actually or Seaweed? Well, they, they, they were octopus in that play. I mean, no one wants to be sippy. Yeah. Uh, are sentient. Mm. <laughs> seaweed less so. It's very nutritious, though. 
Fry the seaweed from the so nativity Peter play. can be the seaweed sure. and then we'll turn him into like nori or something. <laughs> Send him to wasabi. Um, bring it back to Father Christmas. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> One of my favourite fun facts is that he didn't used to wear red. And yeah. Coca-Cola was yeah. the company that mm. painted him in red. And then from then on, he's always been red. It's, it's been almost every other colour before red as well. It was blue yeah. and green. green. And then, uh, yeah, white. And then Coca-Cola made it red. Yeah, good on them. Do you yeah. think that Coca-Cola still have that power to influence something that huge? I don't think so, but I think potentially they could have been one of the first companies that had power mm. to influence social trends. Um, and at that point, it was more unique than Especially in America, today. which I think is where Santa Claus, the idea of Santa Claus really mm. exploded. But then again, we have all of those kind of commercial holidays like Valentine's Day, like Halloween. Mm. like. I mean, has there even been something since which has been... I don't. I can't. As such a big change by led by a company, Black Friday, that's been something that's exploded. It's not a character. It's not a character. No, true. It's not a character. But it feels like a movement. Like when we were kids, did you know about Black Friday? Like I didn't know anything about Black Friday. That's only been the last few years. Yeah. I don't know if you'd necessarily know though. Like this, I feel like I only found out in the last few years that Father Christmas was. Green. was green before it was red. Do you think about. that it kind of is still part of the spirit of Christmas and it is about giving or do you think it's become too much about commercialism? I don't know. It there's so much there's so much to it now. Christmas is about so much more than just giving someone a present. Like mm. it's you know, you've got Boxing Day, Christmas Eve, yeah. the whole holiday. Well, the is, whole of the beginning of December. December, December is now just it's, it's a lot of Christmas pressure. month. It's a lot of pressure. I it's a huge industry. Yeah. Mm. But I'd say this is probably also a reflection of us getting slightly older. Because when you're eight years old and Santa's coming, part of the reason you're so excited is because you're excited to see what Santa has left under the tree. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But I think the gifts matter less as you get older, you value yeah. other things. So maybe yeah. it is a bit of a change, but also it's our own experience of yeah. Christmas is changing as we get older. And also as you grow up, you may leave home, may move away, and it's kind of an excuse to get together with your friends and family. But mm-hmm. I think that can also be really intense and quite stressful given you know fa- whatever your family dynamics are mm. and i think christmas can bring that up so it can be a really positive thing but it also, also can be really high price stressful. really expensive yeah you good material oh, for jokes so for january then, yeah right? really good material oh, for jokes for january <laughs> the second figure that we're going to be talking about today is that 6.7 million people leave Christmas shopping to December the 24th, with one in ten of those people going to petrol stations to buy their gifts. <laughs> Have you ever bought a gift from a petrol station? I shop exclusively at petrol stations. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand where other people are going. Do you leave your Christmas shopping to the last minute? Yes, I do. Okay. I've, 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 yeah, me too. Those so weird I've... people that get it like the 1st of December, who are they? Me. My sister has most of her Christmas shopping done, I would say, for the next year, by the end of December, the previous year. You're joking. She wow. is. That's impressive. But then also, I think people change quite a lot in a whole year. You might have different interests by the time the next December rolls around. Yeah, which is why she says that me and my brother are incredibly hard to buy for, and that's because we refuse to tell her what we want, because she'll ask in a few days what we want for next year. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe crutches. I might have broken my leg, but I'll, I'll tell you in November. <laughs> Millie, do you, what do you, so when do you normally do your Christmas shopping? Sort of the day before I have to go back to see... Well, not have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love doing it. Hi, Millie's family. <laughs> 
Uh, but the day before I go back up north, um, probably have a little bit of a panic, um, realise I don't have anything and then mm. run around some shops. Do you think it makes it more expensive leaving it last minute? No, not necessarily. Mm. Pre- I work well under pressure. Maybe you buy more though, right? There's I think pressure you, there, so yeah. you, you get yeah. unnecessary items, you make unnecessary mm. journeys. You'll buy an item, not be fully pleased with it, and then buy another one, and before yeah. you know it, you spent £60 on two items that you don't actually want, and then the other person <laughs> doesn't want either. And isn't that the spirit of Christmas? So every year, my mum and I, it's, it's, it's literally become a tradition now. Every year on the 22nd of December, we'll go to Westfield... Um, in Shepherd's Bush. In Shepherd's Bush, and we'll go at about eleven a.m. and we'll stay there until about six or seven. We'll then have dinner, often at Byron, and then we go see a film. When you go, do you go with a list or do you just emotively go around the different shops? Um, a bit of both. We have a list of who we need to buy for, and then we go around. And there's something quite nice actually about having everything in one place, hmm. and you can you know go have lunch or go prep for tea time yeah i think that's why they made shopping centers yeah christmas shopping seems to have changed quite a lot over the last two maybe maybe in the last year or two so i always used to go to a local shopping center with my mum like every monday after school and we'd spend a few hours there for a few weeks in december doing christmas shopping i was speaking to her the other day but she said this year she has exclusively done all of her christmas shopping online yeah hasn't been out yeah i think my mum quite likes i think we've got quite accustomed to our tradition of late shopping like Mm. we quite like just going Mm. around for the day together it's quite nice i think there's only certain things you can buy online though i think for example shoes (laughs) shoes you can struggle but I'm now talking about presents for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the sort of the, the presents that you walk around and you think, oh, that person would really like that, and I didn't think of that until I saw it in person. Exactly. I think. Yeah. But I also think that online, this, it's overwhelming how much choice there is, and it's quite nice just setting yourself a place. And it's, you know, you're going to walk around until you find a physical item that's going to work for that person. Whereas mm. you could spend even longer going through pages of So I had to just recently order a Secret Santa. Again, had to. I'm forcing myself in this Christmas period. Yeah, it's been a difficult um, Christmas for you, clearly. Really hard. <laughs> um, yeah, so I ordered this Secret Santa and I had doubts on the online checkout. And in the end, you just have to order it because you've got to commit at one point. <laughs> wow. That was like a mini parable. <laughs> 21st century parable. Okay, what is the worst Christmas no not worst weirdest Christmas gift random pieces of jewellery that I would never wear jewellery is a tricky one um you know those like necklaces those Roman mm. they're just big and chunky and then um, with your family you can be a bit you know harsher I harsh think you're saying actually yeah. look this is really not what I want and please can you oh, I don't something know. else I don't know if you can I did that oh, you so the weirdest my brother's normally brilliant at every present but he got me these reindeer, which were made out of Coke cans, like little ornament reindeer yeah. made out of Coke cans, and you got me two, and that was my Christmas present. Bloody Coca-Cola again. I was like, no. <laughs> I really, he should have gone to the petrol station. Quite <laughs> 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 I told him mm, to take it back. Against his pasty. <laughs> Merry Christmas, me. I've got mine. Yeah, what is it? My, so this was relatively recent. Uh, my One of my brother's, doesn't really go in for Christmas as much as, as the rest of us. Uh, and he bought me a corkscrew shaped like a pirate. What? Wow. Yeah. 
yeah. trying to visualise that. Yeah, me There's too. a lot going on in my brain right now. Yeah, yeah. whatever you're Whoa. thinking, it's, it's not great in person either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't know where it is. Didn't really use it. He didn't refuse what it. Oh, weird present. I didn't, well, it, it was wrapped and, and there, and he wasn't. That's so a hard it, thing to wrap. I, I mean, it, it came boxed or, or something. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought think. it was just loose. <laughs> <laughs> really hard to get the spiky bit of the corkscrew. What about you, Millie? So, I I think we need to go back in time. It's about circa 2008, so early teens. Yeah. That's my age. Um, and I saw this video. <laughs> long story here. I saw a video. Um, well, it actually started when I walked past a gadget shop in the Trafford Centre, which is a massive shopping centre akin to Westfield, but with like copies of Roman statues and grand chandeliers and things. So it's a lovely place to be, but also encourages you to spend a lot of money. Mm. Um, and I walked past the gadget shop, and in the window, they had quite possibly what I thought at the time the most incredible invention to mankind. Um, it was a trike. It was a three-wheel trike. <laughs> What's a trike? So it's like a scooter, but guess three. guess the number of wheels. Three, three. Wow, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so it is three for those with any doubt. For those of you playing along at home. Um, I just, I really, really wanted it. Um, So lo and behold, Christmas Day, Santa came and it was underneath the tree. It came with a disc, a DVD. Plugged it in and I heard some lucid. Fancy trike. (laughs) Multi layers to. Got so many questions. then I I watched the DVD on the family TV because you didn't have laptops or, or anything then. Um, and it starts with like some lucid American tones telling me how the trike is designed for the sunny slopes of California. Now I'm in this up in like rainy Manchester. It wasn't quite the right environment. And it transpired that actually one of the key sort of things to make the trike work was the need for hills and momentum going back and forth. So I tried it on sort of the cobbles of the street cul-de-sac and it, it just didn't work. That's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Also old enough for DVDs, which it places it at a time when you probably were in secondary school <laughs> and, and probably didn't need a trike. <laughs> I was on two wheelers by then. I don't want to brag, but a bicycle, by the way, Georgia, um, is one of those things with, with two wheels. Yeah. And a car has four. And a unicycle. One. Fantastic. <laughs> The third figure for this week's Christmas episode is of Prince Albert and Queen Victoria and their Christmas tree on December 1st, 1848. And the reason that we have chosen this image is to talk about the history of the Christmas tree and also other Christmas traditions that have come from Germany. In my research of the Christmas tree, it was actually Martin Luther. Who remembers Martin Luther? King or (laughs) the other one? The Reformation guy. Reformation guy. The original. Yeah. (laughs) So, Reformation guy in Germany. Yeah. In 1558, I believe, he was walking through fir trees and apparently he looked up and he could see the stars of the night sky glinting amongst the trees and thought they looked really beautiful. So then he was the first person to put candles on the tree and attach candles to the tree and make it, I guess, a Christmas tree that we would know it. Wow, what a legacy mm. Martin Luther um, has. What, so a, what a fire hazard. Fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's what I thought when I re- was reading that. But that's actually how they lit them back then, obviously, because they wouldn't have had electricity. So they put candles on them. Mm. And in one of my favourite films ever, which is called Victoria and Albert, um, the last scene after he dies is um, she goes <laughs> and she's lighting all of the candles on their tree because the Christmas tree was something that he really wanted to bring to England. However, it was actually Queen Charlotte who was married to George. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, he was married to George III, and in 1807, she first brought the Christmas tree to Britain and made it very fashionable in the upper class to have a Christmas tree. But it wasn't until Prince Albert and Victoria had them, and these images went, I think, all over the country, and that's all when it became world. it became much more popular. It was really popular in America, I think, as well, after these sorts of images. It's because they were quite, good, like, they were quite the sort of William and Kate at their time, in the sense that people like liked yeah. their family image. And but not on life. Instagram. But not on Instagram, <laughs> on newspaper. Thank you for that I, rundown. Well, yeah, yeah. Yes. like I've, I've stumbled onto horrible histories. Yeah. I love horrible histories. And you really, really <laughs> yeah. love Prince Albert and Victoria. Yeah. I've never seen anyone fangirl Prince Albert before. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> Although one of my really good friends pointed out that Apparently, a Prince Albert is a type of inappropriate piercing. Which, yeah, no one wanted to say it. Uh, yeah, which <laughs> now I feel have mixed feelings about. I always associate it. you with the Victorians. No, because also Victorian England is a very interesting time because there was so much that was happening. In, if you think about the Industrial Revolution, Victorian England was seen as this oh, this like amazing society with all of these advancements, and actually there was so much crime mm. going on under the surface, the big smoke of London, and actually there was so much going. Jekyll and Hyde that was set in yeah. Victorian England. That was such a um, few books by Charles Dickens were set around. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. There's a similar theme. No, but there's a lot of literature that was made at that time, and I just. Yeah, it's a really fa- it is yeah. a really fascinating time in history. Also, it's too modern for Hugo, though. Yeah, yeah. boring. Yeah, um, Asian history student. Yeah, Asian history. Um, That's the stuff we don't really know. So you can probably make up fifty to eighty percent <laughs> of your essays in it. Why do you think I chose it? <laughs> <laughs> People know about Prince Albert. Tell you what they don't know about Tutankhamun. <laughs> so another Christmas tradition that was German originally was the Advent calendar. Um, and that was also a Protestant mm. tradition, like with Martin Luther. And they used to mark the days counting down to Christmas by doing a line, a chalk line, um, on a slate. Um, and then it was started to be candles they would lit, and then there would be pictures associated with it. And it wasn't the first chocolate calendar wasn't created until the mid fifties. That was going to be my next question: What you go for, picture or or chocolate? Chocolate. I mean chocolate. No. You have a picture one in the office, and so Anaya I'm made fun of it when you were not there the other day. Oh, what a snake. <laughs> it's just disappointing. No one wants to open a door no, and get so rubbish. This is part of the, the increased consumerism of Christmas. Not everything has to be chocolate. Sometimes you can just appreciate images like we're doing right this yeah. second. But I know I always, I grew I up with picture advent calendars. Me too. Um, it was quite a revelation when I was allowed a chocolate calendar. That was a big... Yeah. I was never allowed one. one. I just bought one at uni for the first time. That was great. Big moment. Yeah, it was mm. a big moment. I think it's quite sad buying your own advent calendar, though, as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I literally do every year. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to buy it for me? Well, I've got loads of friends whose mum will send it throughout yeah. uni. Yeah, my mum doesn't do that. She I, doesn't want chocolates. I, I ordered my picture advent calendar on my mum's Amazon Prime account. <laughs> and I expected her to send me a text. Be like, oh, that's so sweet. Actually, she was annoyed. She's like, well, I was going to get you an advent calendar, but now you've bought one, so I don't need to. Okay. (laughs) I've been living alone for two years. When do you guys normally decorate your Christmas tree? Outside of the family home. um, Just whenever, really. There's no no set deadline. But back home, my family always do an extended present exchange with my cousins and, like, the wider family come round and we all swap our presents then, um, which is way before my mum would ever finish completing the presents for the, her own children and things. Um, but that would be around the 7th of December, my little sister's birthday. So we'd always have it up the first weekend in preparation. That's so nice. Gift, yeah. Yeah. 
We it differs. Obviously, there's so many of us, and people like to go back to get the sort of family Christmas tree. So it changes every year based on when people are available. But I think we did it this year. We did it a couple of weeks ago, and it also coincided with our local village's Christmas fair, which was nice. So it was very a very nice. Christmassy uh, weekend. I think it's a bit wasteful having Christmas trees. Think of how many what how many trees trees are cut down because of it. But also, how many trees are planted? Yeah, and think True. about. Yeah, fair. Sort of the CO2 they take out of the atmosphere. Got it the right way around. Um, and then the oxygen they give out throughout the entire lifespan. This I don't think this is the most wasteful. This bit isn't pro-con trees in general. <laughs> we, we get what they do. No, you're right. I don't think it actually is the most wasteful part of Christmas because there's so many are planted mm. for that reason. I just think that like, you plant more trees. You plant more Christmas trees than you use because they keep growing every year. And there's a, a set sort of ceiling height that people have yeah. so once it's gone past that that tree is now just a tree something we cut and also growing yeah. things to use or consume is we'll a novel we, exactly. we eat plants a lot of them um. <laughs> also, I, just thought, I just thought yeah absolutely um i was just thought of another question to ask which is we have an image here of the royal family um around the christmas tree and then it became very common for every family to have a christmas tree do you think it's good idea to have a royal family um and the sort of examples that they set are beneficial to society. Big question. Yeah, wow. Wasn't prepared for that one. Okay, wow. <laughs> example. I think it's a really good idea that the royal, the younger royals now have made mental health their main focus. Totally. And for something like a royal family, which is a very old tradition, often, obviously there's, there's a lot of privilege and a lot of money and like they have very, you know, to highlight an issue like that and to make, to normalize it, I think is so powerful, so powerful. I do agree, but I think you have to separate the fact that they've used their position potentially for a good cause here from the fact that they've been given that capacity and ability to do so from birth simply because of the family they were born mm. into. Mm. And I think it's that great that mental health awareness is being raised around the country, but do we necessarily need to bestow an inordinate amount of privilege on an individual mm. in order to raise awareness from mental health? Probably not. There's probably people mm. who are going to be carry it, this campaign forward uh, in their absence. If doesn't it take an immensely privileged person to carry a campaign yeah. forward? And also, yeah. isn't it going to appeal to those people who are quite maybe have traditional views on lots of things and won't take that sort of thing mm. seriously unless it is endorsed by something like the royal, someone like the royal family? Yeah, but the, you can have that from celebrities as well. Yeah. But but then I mean, celebrities are inordinately privileged as mm. as well. A, a child of a celebrity is is just as privileged yeah, exactly. as someone from the royal family. I mean, it's it's become it's become popular to dislike the royals because of what they represent, and I mm. think it's. You know that's that's fine, and we can not like the royals because their positions are largely hereditary, and you know they they don't um, speak to you know social mobility and all the things that we should be promoting. But equally, you can't you can't hate them for their position. They, they were born into that, yeah, they in, you know, positive or negative. Else, yeah. yeah, and it's you know it's I think it's a good thing that they're doing their best with the position that they've got. It's much better that they're doing that than they're just you know, living a lavish lifestyle in the public eye. One of the good things about the royal family that we were talking about when we had my dad onto the podcast was how it has this sense of longevity. Yeah. That they're not thinking in terms of every so like, many years we have a general election. Therefore yeah. I, need I need to, to do this, this to get myself elected. I need to, this appeals to my they're voters. Be this is an investment for my whole life. I'm going to be yeah. the king of, I'm going to be king. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the most <sighs> important thing of my people. Which is why you have, you know, Prince Charles talking about climate change 
in the 80s. Yeah. Mm. So I think that okay. it has got a place. Then, if we're saying that their position sort of in society warrants them sufficient like grounds to further social causes or general causes, what impact did Prince Charles actually have on climate change despite voicing his opinions? Um, he's been, he's, been, he's been at every major summit. What impact has anyone had on climate change realistically yeah. here? I mean... I feel like this is a wider conversation as well. We could do it. We could do an entire hour on the Royal Con Royal Family. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are now going to do a quick fire round, which I am really excited about, and I've been preparing these questions all week. How so, are we going to do this? Are we all going to answer? Yeah. And then you go to the next. So question? I have a series of Christmas questions. Wow. And we're going to all answer as quickly as possible. Okay. okay so. Quick fire round with Millie and Hugo. First question. What's your favourite Christmas song? Fairy Tale of New York. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, mine is All I Want for Christmas is You. Last Christmas. Okay. Can I go back? I've changed my mind. What's your, what's your answer? Space Man Came Travelling. Completely different. People might not have heard of it. We'll link it below. Yeah. Okay, favourite Christmas film? Uh, this is a difficult one. Uh, Nativity. Oh, lame. Um, <laughs> Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, that's a good choice. Thanks. Love Actually. Also Love Actually. Or okay. The Holiday. Okay, The Holiday. Do they all have to be different? Yeah, that's I think so we should try and make me. it. No, we should try and make it different. Okay, continue. For Christmas Carol. Oh. Little Drummer Boy. Oh no, Stop the Calvary. That's not <laughs> Christmas <laughs> Carol. Wait, sing that song, I don't know it. Oh, you don't offend. Are <laughs> um, neither of them carols? Yeah, I'm sure the drummer boys are carol. There's definitely a mashup. I think maybe with Paul McCarthy, but I don't want to throw a famous name in there to back Paul me up. Paul McCarthy. Who? <laughs> 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 okay, go go. I'm going to say Hark the Herald. It's not my favourite, but it's the only one I can think of. Okay, mine is. Um, okay, you know what my favourite one is? It's Silent Night because it's actually German. And the German version is so nice. And they sing it in Victorian Albert. It's a really good carol. They actually sit down around the Christmas tree and they all sing it together. And they sing it to know fact Albert composed in German. Also, Good King Wenchless. Good King Wenchless. Wenceslas. Why is that all this? Okay, and also in the bleak and mid- midwinter. Is that, was, that, was three. Three. <laughs> that was three favourites. What's the one with the apple tree? Because that's my actual favourite. Uh, wait. The apple tree? Oh, what are you doing? Partridge in a pear tree. Is that one? No. Partridge? No, 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 no that's, that's a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Mine is, oh, come all you faithful. Especially the death cant, because my brother always comes in too early, so nobody else is singing the death cant apart from him. Okay, next question. What is your favourite Christmas drink or cocktail? Mold wine. Yeah. Uh, Good King Wenchless. <laughs> I, I also want to say mulled cider then. Okay, I'm going to say um, Disserano and ice. I'll say champagne. Oh, champagne, obviously. Okay, mine's champagne. You can't, you can't <laughs> <try>. <laughs> okay, sorry. What is your favourite Christmas present you've ever received? 
I think we should flip the order this time. So yeah. yeah. Oh, I did that oh, no, largely I, I because I didn't have an answer. Because it gave me some time to think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, probably going somewhere. So I went to Cape Town two years ago for Christmas, and that was one of the best Christmases ever. And I'd say that that was a pretty good Christmas present. It's all right. Um, my Christmas present. Um, so last year, my brother got me. Um, you know those scratch world maps. Um, and I was going travelling on my gap year, and he got me a rose gold scratch map, and I feel like he just summed up the basic in me, and also the traveller in me. Um, he also then didn't allow me to scratch off countries I'd been to, only the cities. So I now have like one city in Russia and one city in China. And I'm not allowed to scratch it's off the rest of it. It's unfair to sort of scratch off the entire Siberian desert if you've only been to like... Yeah, true, but still, Moscow. it's annoying. It looks like I've never... I really love the way you said gap. It's rare that a story lives up to the, the build-up. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> um, what is your favourite Christmas chocolate? So I, you, you sent this to me in advance and I was confused. Whoa! Let's just pedal a bit. <laughs> I didn't act, I only looked at the, the chocolate one because what constitutes a Christmas chocolate? Something that's your family go-to around Christmas or on Christmas Day. Lint reindeer. Okay, mine is uh, After Eights or Bendix. Terry's chocolate orange. You get the little Santa and snowmen slash reindeer chocolates in a basket. Quick, Not branded though. Quick fire, good work, next okay. question. Um, what is your favourite Christmas special? So you know like the Doctor Who <laughs> Christmas specials, Strictly, the like... On Christmas Day. You know, the Downton used to be really big. Oh, yeah, Downton ones were so magical. Downton Gav- Abbey. Gavin and Stacey Christmas special. Okay, mine, mine is definitely Strictly Come Dance. Downton Abbey. You also Downton Abbey? Yeah, I did enjoy or, Downton Abbey. Or Outnumbered. Oh, Outnumbered. That's fantastic. Mm. I actually recently started. And also, I grew up watching, like, Doctor Who Christmas special was the thing. My dad was obsessed with Doctor Who, so we had to watch every Christmas. I mean, that was quite good. The David Tennant Christmas special. That the, was the so first, good. His first episode was pretty good. Yeah. After the dulcet tones of Christopher... Eccleston. Eccleston. Okay, names yeah. are hard. <laughs> names are hard. Another question. Um, what's been your favourite thing that you have done this year? Or one of your favourite things? Not the favourite, but something that is a highlight to you for this year that is just like, actually, that was really cool. My appearance on this podcast. <laughs> well played. <laughs> <laughs> Millie? I'd say in a number of things. Naturally, yeah. I live a very exciting life. So yeah. <laughs> No, there's always a lot of things. But like, is there it. something that you just um, think, oh, 2018 was a good year for this reason. I went to East Africa, I went to Rwanda, and I hadn't been um, to Africa at all um, beforehand, so that was an incredible experience. Through debate, mate, right? Yep, through work, so we, this is a segment, if you're a funder out there, feel free to sponsor any of us. We go we go and teach around the world, uh, running similar programmes to the UK, and that was really, really cool. Mm. I would say it's actually starting this podcast. Oh yeah, we did do that this year. Yeah. That was really cool. But I also love that we've done, I've done other things that I've always me- meant to do because yeah. we've committed to, to it this. through the podcast. Yeah. So I've donated blood. That was fun. That's cool. Yeah, I almost I'm so fainted. Gl- I'm so glad you did, I did that. But I did do that. That's good. We started volunteering with the Felix Project. Yeah, that was really cool. We collected all the plastic for a week, which yeah. was quite shocking. Last question. Definitely, definitely signing the podcast because it was absolutely ter- like terrifying the prospect of it. Um, this year, so... We started this year, um, <laughs> I woke up this on the 1st of January um, in my room over here. Um, and she was pointing to good, her right. Good podcast <laughs> action, yeah, yeah, a nice and decent um, And I was like, oh my God, Maggie, I'm going to be late. Teddy and I were going 
to Shanghai that morning and Teddy had come home about an hour and a half earlier and was the most drunk I've ever seen him in his entire life. I go into his room and he's like not alive and he just like falls out of his room. That was hyperbole. He was alive, don't worry. Um, <laughs> he, just, he falls out and, of his room. And still is. He falls out of his room and I just thought, how on earth am I going to get him to so the airport? What did you do? Got him, folded him into an Uber. Um, <laughs> I folded him into an Uber and uh, we kind of somehow got there. I was so glad that I was able to go to Shanghai, go to Australia, go to Bali, travel to those places I hadn't really been to before. I'd been to Australia, but not to China or Bali. Um, and I just feel really lucky that I was able to do that. So most excitingly, you came back and you got to scratch the cities off your map afterwards. Yes, and I did. And you met Millie and Hugo. And I met Millie and Hugo. I did not know them this time last year. That's true. That's hard to imagine. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is, this is the end of the Christmas special. Oh, wait. No, one more question. Um, oh, no. it's not the end <laughs> okay so um, one more question so if you were an animal what animal would you be <laughs> Peter um, I really don't like New Year's resolutions they oh, really no, no, really they, they really really piss me off oh. no no but, but this is my question is if there was something that you wanted to do no matter how, how minute in 2019 what would it be appear on fewer podcasts <laughs> Quite realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do any more. Go from one to zero. Is there something? Is there something you want to do in twenty nineteen? Anything? I think I always set myself goals. I'm just such a goals person. Yeah, you really are. And yeah. you just never know what's going to happen in a year. So I'm just going to roll with it and just see how it goes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Georgia here for a final bonus message. I just wanted to say happy Christmas to everyone listening and have a lovely new year thank you so much for supporting us in launching the figure this year it's been quite a journey and i can't believe it's already the christmas episode it was so amazing to have millie and hugo on they were fantastic guests we had such a great time recording and we will be back in early january and who knows what next year will hold but that's why life is so exciting because you never know what's around the corner and i'm going to leave you with this nugget Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even Brightly shone the moon at night, though the frost was cruel When a poor man came inside, gathering winter fuel Hither, page, and stand by me, if thou know'st it telling. Yonder peasant, who is he, where and what is dwelling? Sir, he lives a goodly hence, underneath a mountain, right against the forest fence, by St. Agnes' fountain. Then bring me flesh and bring me wine, bring me pine logs hither. Thou and I will see him dine when we bear them thither. Page and monarch, forth they went, forth they went together. Through the rude winds, wild lament and the bitter weather.